we're going to be in the book of Ruth, and uh, we're going to read Ruth chapter 1, verse 8. Ruth chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 8, and we're going to read just a little bit of Bible. So Ruth chapter 8 is going to be on the screen, I believe. It says this, after a short while on the road, Naomi told her daughter-in-laws, go back, go home, and live with your mothers. And may God treat you as graciously as you treated your your deceased husbands and me. May God give each of you a name, a new home, and a new husband. She kissed them, and they cried openly. Verse 10. They said, no, we're going on with you to your people. But Naomi was firm. Go back, my dear daughters. Why would you come with me? Do you suppose I still have sons in my womb who can become your future husbands? Yeah. We'll talk about biology today, everybody. I'm just kidding. Go back. (laughs) When a husband loves a mommy, focus. Go back, dear daughters. On your way, please. I'm too old to get a husband. Why, even if I said there's still hope, and this very night got a man and had sons, can you imagine being satisfied to wait until they were grown? Would you wait that long to get married again? No, dear daughters, this is a bitter pill for me to swallow, more bitter for me than for you. God has dealt me a hard blow. Again, they cried openly. Orpah, not to be confused with Oprah, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. Uh, Hopefully, by the time we leave, this whole text makes sense to you more than it does right now. Uh, But I want to uh, reiterate what I said last week as we jump into this relationship series to remind you that it is my responsibility, it is my role to help, help you and help me to navigate culture through the lens of Jesus and what we see in Scripture. It's not to help you navigate Scripture through the lens of culture. And so we're just going to jump in, and uh, we're going to be encouraged with, with what this is. Today, uh, last week, we talked about uh, the, the, the very first foundation that we need to build upon. And uh, today, we are building on that, that, that foundation to the next stage. Today, we're talking about dating. Uh, and so this is, oh, my single ladies, oh, my single... No? Put your hands up. Don't put them up. Don't put them up. Um, but I'm, I'm praying to God that everyone will get something out of it because there's a deeper message within that too. So let's pray. We're going to jump in, and we are going to be done in time to hit up Applebee's. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for what you're already doing in this place, God. Father, we just, we just want to posture our hearts to, to receive what you want us to receive. God, in this room, everybody has come into this room, and everyone that's viewing us online is, has their own worries, their own struggles, their own burdens that they need spoken to. And I can't do that, but you can, Holy Spirit. So right now, I acknowledge you as our guest of honor. I pray that you would speak, that you would do what only you can do, that we would leave here changed, we would leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we thank you for that. We love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Say it. Amen. 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 So I want to take you back to 2008 of July. My wife and I, we got married. And we, yes. Oh, and uh, we, we went to Jamaica for our honeymoon. 
we went to Jamaica, and it was, uh, we were excited. We stayed at this, um, at this hotel that was, that, that oversaw the water. Like, your hotel, your room was over the water. And you can just walk down the steps, and, and it was known for snorkeling. And so we were excited. We were excited to go snorkeling. I've never been snorkeling before. I always heard great things, and so I was excited to go snorkeling. My wife was excited to go snorkeling. And so the very next morning that we got there, we got up early. We went to breakfast, and, I, and um, when you're on vacation, you just eat, right? Vacation for me is not necessarily going anywhere. It's just eating and eating. And so we ordered breakfast, and I'm just, I'm, I'm pounding it. Like, I'm just eating super fast. And I was like, all right, babe, come on. We just ate. Let's go scuba diving right now. Or not scuba diving, snorkeling. Did I say scuba diving? <laughs> snorkeling. We went snorkeling. The thing where you put in, your mouth, in the little straw thing. We went snorkeling. And so I, I, ate, I ate really fast, and I was like, babe, let's just go snorkeling right now. And she's like, we should probably wait. You're, you, like, you, just prob- it's, you should probably wait for your food to digest a little bit before you jump into into the water, and we go snorkeling. I'm like, babe, no, we got to go now. I'm excited to go. This is going to be so exciting for me. And she's like, okay, whatever. And so we go, we, we, we step down, we go down the steps, and we're into this water where it's not like this kind of water over here where it's brown. You can see the bottom, and you can see the little fishes floating, and it's such a beautiful. And so we get in the water. We put on our, uh, I don't know, glasses things and, and our straw thing and our little flipper thingies and we're just we're just so excited we're newly married and so we're just naive and and in love and and um and so we, we jump in and we start snorkeling and we're looking at all the right we're, we're in the water just we're just having a blast man i'm like this is what it's all about and then something happened not it couldn't have been with just First five minutes we're in the water that we're, uh, we're snorkeling and we're pointing out fish, holding hands, loving each other. When out of nowhere, uh, no warning, um, the spirit of vomit came upon me. And I'm like, I'm swimming. All of a sudden, like in the water. It's like, Spreading out. And I'm like, ah! My wife pops her head out of the water. She's like, ah! Little fishes are coming. Bloop, bloop. Like, it's just weird. That's a true story. The fishes were happy. <laughs> um, and so, so, so we're like, I'm like, and so we get out. I'm like, babe, I hate snorkeling. I, she's like, well, maybe we can do it tomorrow and, and just maybe don't eat before we go. I'm like, nope, I'm never going to do it again. I don't want to snorkel ever again. It's the worst hobby, sport, whatever the heck it is. It's the worst ever. And ladies and gentlemen, I've never gone snorkeling since. And that was like 15 years ago. And the reason why I bring that this up is, is, is because what, I've, what I realize is that sometimes when you jump into things too fast, when you don't take it slow, 
When, 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 you just, when, when you're just rushing into something, most of the time, good things don't happen. This is true with life. This is true with friendships. But this is even true with relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This idea of, hey, maybe I don't have to rush into anything. So I don't have to throw up everywhere. And ruin what God created to be amazing. And so I do want to say before we continue that this is not an anti-relationship, anti-dating uh, message. Come on, all my single folk. Praise, amen, right? In fact, this is a pro-companionship relationship message. And the reason why I'm so pro-companionship relationship is because God designed companionship. In fact, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God noticed that Adam was alone. And he didn't just notice it, but he addressed it. And he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so what did he do? He created Eve. And Adam and Eve, they became the, the model for, uh, for companionship. And if we keep reading, we get to verse 28, and we realize that the companionship was purposeful. Because the companionship led to covenant, to marriage. Side note, marriage is a covenant. And so, so God created companionship for Adam and Eve, because he didn't want them to be alone, praise God. But he designed it specifically so that they can become, two become one. Genesis 2 verse 28. That the two would become one. That companionship would lead to covenant. And so God created this, this, this beautiful thing called companionship. This the beautiful thing about relationships. And, uh, and so what we see is that companionship can eventually lead to covenant, to marriage. That, that when the person that, that you will date, are dating, may be dating, that eventually has the potential to lead to something greater, right? Most people don't, I mean, some do, but most people don't just date like just because. It's like, man, I'm, I'm dating because we're getting married. Sometimes. Sometimes. And so if that is the goal, if, if the goal is, is dating to lead to covenant, man, then I got to be, I, I can't just rush into anything. I can't just rush into a relationship because she's fine, because she's a 10, you know. I can't just jump into a relationship because he got a good job. I can't just jump in. I got to be mindful that what I'm rushing into can have dividends to later in, down, later in my life, later down the road. And, and so, so we're, we're talking about, about relationships, covenant. And so here, here's my 
One of my big ideas today, and well, I promise you, there's not many, guys. Just relax. <laughs> You're like, how many do you have? Um, here, here's my, 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 my first big idea, is that for, for those of you who are single, those of you who are dating, um, that we would date with purpose in mind. That we would date with purpose in mind. Now, I, I do want to clarify that I am not referring to the unique purpose in which God created you. So I am not, in, in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, I believe we have that. This is God. He said, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. So that's your unique purpose. So when God, cre- before you were on your Marv- or Al Green parents playlist on Spotify, <laughs> God knew you. He formed you. He, he, cre- he wove, wove you together. He placed a specific purpose inside of you. And so each, and, and I love this because you don't have to be dating to know that you got a purpose. You have a purpose. And so when God, as we just read, when God, when before you were formed in your mother's womb, he, he placed this unique purpose inside of you. These gifts, these abilities, these tendencies, like he placed them inside of you. And that's your unique purpose. But when I'm, say, when I'm saying that, that we got a date with purpose in mind, please note I am not talking about your unique purpose. But rather I'm, I'm referring to what I would say is even a greater purpose. And I'm going to call this your kingdom purpose. And so we read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, right after Jesus dies, resurrected, he's about to go into heaven. He says this, and when the Holy Spirit fills you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the world. So all of a sudden, check this out, God knits inside of me a unique purpose. But then he, he also, all of a sudden, when I make a decision to have a relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden, my unique purpose becomes the, uh, the conduit to carry and to use my kingdom purpose. And my kingdom purpose is to be a witness in every aspect of my life that I go. And so when I'm saying, hey, let's date with purpose in mind, I'm not talking about your unique purpose, but I'm talking about your kingdom purpose. I'm talking about the purpose that God created you and redeemed for you the moment that you started a relationship with him, your kingdom purpose. Now, I do want to say this. Both purposes are important. Your unique Purpose is important. Your kingdom pers- uh, purpose is important. So, so both of your purposes are important, but not both purposes are equal. I'll say that again. Both are important, but not both are equal. And if we are not careful, we will spend more time focusing on a unique purpose and neglect the kingdom purpose. And so we, we go around and we start saying things like, well, 
you know, she'll hang out with me just a little bit, and then eventually she'll love Jesus. Or he's not that bad. He hasn't killed anybody. And, 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 we, and we, what we end up doing is we elevate unique purpose. And we place second kingdom purpose. But I want to submit to you this morning, this is relationship number two, second week. Relationship number two. I want to submit to you this. Where are you at? I should have highlighted you. Here it is. Relationships happen when I seek potential rather than purpose. See, all of a sudden, when, I, when, when, when I'm all about unique purpose, and I'm focusing on a unique, so I'm like, I got to make sure I'm compatible. I got to make sure I'm attracted to this person. I got to make sure our Enneagrams line up, you know. Like, I, I just, I, and what we do is we focus so much on the unique purpose that we settle for kingdom purpose. We're like, oh, it'll work out eventually. And what are we doing? It's potential. There's potential there. I'm going to focus on this, but there's potential there, and I'll, I'll come back to it eventually. And relation slips happen the moment I place potential over purpose. Now, I know some of you in here, you're thinking, but, but he supports me. But she supports me. She, she supports my, my relationship with Jesus. She encourages me to go to church. He encourages me to go to church. They're not, they're not, they're not telling me that I can't have this faith. And that's a start. I think that's great. Congratulations. But I don't know about you. I don't want someone that just supports me. In loving Jesus. I want someone who's by my side serving Jesus. I want someone beside me seeking Jesus with me. Not just supporting me like good job. I want someone on their knees with me. Praying, seeking the face of God. And so, so this idea like unique purpose is great. But man, can I, can I be more focused on kingdom purpose? Could, could I not jeopardize kingdom purpose just because I fell in love with someone's unique purpose? See, culture teaches us that it's all about the unique purpose. You got to be attractive, which you do, <laughs> like hopefully. You got you to like the person if it's going to work out. Hello. But I want I to like the person that loves Jesus. I don't want to just like somebody and they don't even love Jesus anyways. And so uh, this morning what I want to do, this is our last few moments together. I'm doing good, guys. We will get out on time. I want to give you three reasons why we tend to choose potential over purpose. Three reasons we choose potential over purpose. And we're going to look at the story of Ruth that we read at the very beginning. And we're just going to pull out some things that I saw. And then we're going, to have, um, we're going to have some worship at the end. And then we'll be done. We'll be done. But three reasons why we choose potential over purpose. I opened that. I should drink it. And uh, so we're looking back at the story that we read at the very beginning. 
Now, a little backdrop, because I'm sure what we read did not make that much sense unless you knew the story. And so uh, it's a story about this lady named Naomi. She was married to a man, Emiliac, and they lived in this, this country called Judah. And at this time, there was a famine in the land. So uh, Naomi and her husband took their two boys and they moved to another country called Moab. And while they were in, in Moab, Naomi's two sons met their wives and they got married. And it was a happily, happily time together. But all of a sudden, tragedy struck. And you can read this in chapter 1. Tragedy struck, and all of a sudden, Naomi's husband dies. That's horrible. And then all of a sudden, Orpah's husband dies. And then all of a sudden, Ruth's husband dies. Come on, you don't want to be married to that family. There is a trend. And, and so all of a sudden, what was beautiful became tragic. And that's the first, why we tend to choose potential over purpose. Number one is because of past tragedies. Past tragedies. See, if I'm not careful, I will allow past tragedies to dictate present opportunities. See, some of, some of y'all, you're like, uh, when I'm saying, hey, kingdom purpose is the most important thing. Kingdom purpose, kingdom purpose, all about kingdom purpose. You, some, some of you, you, you're reflecting back on, on something in the past. You're like, well, the last person I dated was a Christian, was kingdom purpose, and he he broke my heart. She broke my heart. My mom and my dad growing up, they were Christians, kingdom purpose people. And they walked out on me. And so you're telling me that I got to find someone who is kingdom purpose? You're crazy. And what are you doing in this moment? You're, you're, you're taking past tragedies and you're, and you're filtering current opportunities through that lens. And I get it. It stinks. And I'm sorry. But I'm here to let you know this morning, God wants to redeem those tragedies. He wants to redeem those pains that other Christians kingdom purpose people have done to you. Because he wants you to know that, that we, it's not about us looking at other people. It's about us looking to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so God wants to redeem that pain that you've experienced from your past. Because he doesn't want you to elevate potential over purpose. Amen, somebody? The second one is people. So in the text that we read, the, the husbands, they, they pass away. And uh, the mother-in-law, Naomi, she, uh, 
she begins to try to encourage her, her daughter-in-laws. She's like, you, we read it. She's like, I, what, you want me to have another baby? And are you going to wait that long? She's like, no. And so she, she's encouraging her daughter-in-laws. She's like, hey, you got you to gotta keep living. You got to keep, like, don't let this hinder you. Go, find someone. She says it in the text I read. Get married. Find companionship. Find relationship. And, 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 and I'm reading this. And Naomi, I, I believe what she's doing is good intent. I think that she's genuinely caring for her daughter-in-laws. That she genuinely wants her daughter-in-laws to find someone that is special. To find that person. And so I don't think what she's saying to them, she means it in the wrong way. And it got me thinking that a lot of the times the people we are around, us, they don't mean bad advice when they're like, hey, I want to hook you up with, I want to set you up with someone. They genuinely, they genuinely care about you, hopefully. They, they genuinely want you to find someone that's going to make you happy. They genuinely want to introduce you to a good person they, they, because they think you're a great person. But I don't want good. I want God. I don't want just a good relationship. I want a God relationship. I don't just want like a good plan. I want God's plan. And so I appreciate what Naomi is doing, encouraging her daughter-in-laws to go. But I wish someone was like, Naomi, I understand your heart. But I'm not, I can't, I can't settle. I, there's, I'm, I'm here with you. And as we're about to continue to, to check out, there is one that stays. And so three reasons why we choose potential over purpose. The first one is the past tragedies. The second one is just the people that, that mean good intentions. They're not bad people. They're just, it's not what God's plan is for you, perhaps. And then the third and final one is this, impatience. Impatience. Sometimes we choose potential over purpose because we just ain't patient. And so, uh, so <laughs> that was the best amen I got all morning. <laughs> Next week we're going to talk about patience, just the whole series. I'm just kidding. So uh, as the story continues, and the band can come up, as the story continues, the... Uh, um, Let them walk up real quick. Drink break. After Naomi gives her speech of like, hey, girls, go home. Go back to your place. Find the husband. Get married. Find companionship. Find relationship. Orpah says, you know what? I can't wait. I can't wait that long. I'm getting. I'm, I'm aging. Time's not slowing down. Naomi, I love you. Thank you for that advice. I'm gonna take it. Peace out. And and 
and Orpah, she leaves. She's like, peace, I'm out of here. But Ruth, I love what Ruth does. She's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, she, there's a part in the verse where she says, the only way that I am leaving your side is if death separates us. She's like, I know I'm getting older. I know that my likelihood of finding someone is diminishing. But I gave my word to you that I'm going to be with you. And even though I'm impatient, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to go wherever you go. If you go left, I'm going to go left. If you go right, I'm going right. I'm staying with you. And she stayed. She wasn't impatient. She stayed. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that when you're when you're waiting and you're trying to be patient, isn't it interesting how many people fly by your radar that you're like, oh yo. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You're like, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm, God, I'm away for you to bring that person. Woo, you are fast, <laughs> you know. Isn't it interesting? I actually think it's planned. See, you know, you know, uh, you, you know, what is the word? You know what you're interested in. You 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 know you know the that that person that that you that you're like waiting for, the one that checks all the boxes. But you know what? The enemy knows it too. And it would be just like the enemy to start sending people around you when you know you're trying to. God, I'm patient. I'm patient. Golly, God, I'm patient. I'm patient. Oh man, God, I'm patient. <laughs> you know your taste, so does the devil. Well, how do you know that, John? Well, because the enemy's always trying to, uh, he, he always tries to appeal and appease to our flesh. How do you know that, John? Well, look at Jesus when he fasted 40 days. The enemy tried to appeal to Jesus' flesh. If you're hungry, make bread. If you want all this land, jump off. Because he knows. But I got to be patient. I got to be patient and just wait. And wait it out. Well, John, you're married. It's easy for you. Nah. If I had so much more time, I could just tell you how long I had to wait. I did it the wrong way, actually. Not with my wife, but just dating whoever had two legs, you know?
I'm glad you like that. I'm glad that my misery in my dating life, thank you, makes you smile, whatever I can do to help. See, I'm so passionate about this because I wasn't patient. I know what it looks like to try to find purpose in a girl, in a person. See, potential relationships, we, we want to be all about purpose and not potential. I forgot to say this, but it's coming to me now. Is because potential is a pitfall. Potential is a pitfall. And some of you in here this morning, you are trying now to climb out of the pitfall that you fell into. The potential that you saw led you to a, a pit and you're, you're, you're still trying to claw your way out. No one has time for a pitfall. Why? Because you get injured and it wastes time. So here, here's what I'm asking. That you would just be patient. I know it's hard. Just be patient. See, I love this part of the story because Ruth, she decides to stay with, um, with Naomi. And then before you know it, Ruth, and I love this part too. You can read this. It's, I believe it's Ruth chapter 3. Ruth is not even focusing on a man. She's focused on life. She's in the fields gathering grain. And this guy Boaz notices her. She wasn't even looking. Friends, ladies, you don't have to look. Fellas, you don't have to look. And she meets this guy, Boaz. And what she discovers is that this guy, Boaz, he's handsome, he's kind. He begins to take care of her. And I know you don't need a man, ladies, calm down. But like he's taking care of her. He's making life a little bit easier for her. Eventually they get married. And their son, Boaz's son and Ruth's son, is the grandfather of Jesse, who was the father of David, King David, who is in the same line of Jesus. Her patience led to something that you and I are benefactors of. What could happen? What could God do in your life and in generations to come if you're patient? 